The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 19th, 2018, season 14, episode number 82. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It is a good Monday around here. Cowboys uh, get a big win yesterday against the Atlanta Falcons. It's their second in a row on the road. They win 22-19. Um, and we'll tell, tell you guys all about it today and what went right, what went wrong for the Cowboys because there were some things they're still going to have to work on. And we have a short week. This Thursday, Cowboys are right back at it against the Washington Redskins. Victory Wednesday. And it will be Victory Wednesday. This is pretty much like a Wednesday already. <laughs> Here we go with that. <laughs> um, but, no, th- this game this week is going to be for the division. Um, as of right now, obviously, lead. it'll be for the lead in the, the division. Uh, very, very important game, just as last week was a very important game and just as the week before was a very important game. How's everybody doing this morning? Great. Ready to jump right very in? Well. Yeah, I'm ready to jump All right in. All of them are important games. Yeah, All of they them. are. You're right about that, Amber. All Don't, of them are important You spend games. too much time with Broadus. Always <laughs> <laughs> not that. No, this one, this that one. is from coming from Amber, not the, from this Brian. Is the, the Redskin one is the biggest game yeah. of the year because, because of what you have after it. And you know what the Saints are doing, and you know that that one's going to be really, really tough. Mm-hmm. So you got to win this one. Because if you go, you get swept by the Redskins, then you're not going to do anything. And the pressure will mount with each win because at this point in the season, the Cowboys really don't have a lot of room for error. That yeah. is the uh, the situation that they've kind of painted themselves into. And so now they have no room for error. They've got to keep winning if they help expect to make the playoffs. Well, I said last week, if they beat the Falcons, they're going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, you did so, say that. So you feel good about that? Yeah, I feel, I feel way better about it than I did. I was like, that Dave side voice, like, they're going to make it. But now I feel much better about it. <laughs> David right. The Eagles look like they're 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 struggling right now. Yeah, they are. And the Redskins are struggling as well. I mean, the Redskins lost their quarterback. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse for them, but their offensive lines beat up like it has been. And yeah, but you know, and I'm, it's still this is as manageable a final stretch of the season as I can remember the Cowboys having. But at the same time, like the Colts look good all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four game win streak. Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked since like October fifth. Uh, the Giants have won what two or three in yeah. a row at this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the NFL. And the Buccaneers yeah. will score thirty five points in. Yeah, you, yeah, they may not. You, it may not be enough to win, but they'll yeah. score. And all of a sudden, Philadelphia will be healthy the week that they play the Cowboys. I mean, there's just a yeah. lot of there's a lot of football left to be played, and you can't take a single a single team or game for granted if you're the Cowboys. I Every love, week they got to win. Love this dumb league. It's always entertaining. <laughs> it's always entertaining. All right, so let's jump right in. I do want to talk first about this offense. Um, after only scoring three points in the first half, they were able to score four out of five of their final possessions in the second half. Two touchdowns, two field goals. Let's start first with kind of why was there such a slow start, or do you think that the slow start kind of affected them in any way, or what were you seeing different in the second half than the first? I'll say this. I think the Cowboys had a slow start because they wanted it to be slow. They wanted – I mean – they, obviously, they want to score points, but they wanted to slow the game down, and there's no doubt about it. Look at those scoring drives. I mean, they're running, running, running. That's why the game, you know, barely took three hours, if if that. I mean, it, it was a quick game. They wanted to keep Matt Ryan off the field, so that's part of it. And but when you don't cash in when you get down there, then obviously you're not going to score. But but the the idea was to to play that way and kind of grind it out, keep them off the field. So yeah, Stephen Jones said that after the game too. He's like that was certainly part of the game plan. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't look as smart or pretty when you don't cash in. I mean, Cole Beasley drops a touchdown. Obviously, mm. they had plenty of they had plenty of sputtering drives. And looking at at it right now, I mean, what they punted on. Two, three. First half. Well, two, two of their four. Yeah, well, two of their three, really. Which that just, I mean, three possessions in the first half. That just goes to show you. Um, it looked, you know, the end result is what I thought it would be. Uh, they won, obviously, and and they put up some decent yards doing it. I thought, just based on the quality of the defense involved, I thought it would look a little more explosive than it did. But I think Nick's right that that was probably part of the game plan going in. Yeah, if you look at it, there were two drives at the Cowboys, particularly. 
uh, did exactly that. They had a drive, the first drive of the game. They had 15 plays for 80 yards, and it took 723 off the clock. That was the the game plan. And then in the second half, they did the exact same thing. Actually, it was their first drive. Uh, I think it spanned between the third and the mm-hmm. fourth quarters, but um, it was a 14-play drive for 75 yards. 7.53 was the total uh, possession time, um, and they ended that one with a touchdown field goal on the first. So third that, was exactly, that was exactly what the Cowboys needed to do and wanted to do in that game was slow it down. And I'll tell you this, especially that team that they're going to play in two weeks, uh, New Orleans Saints, that has to be the game plan. The more you can have those kinds of drives and keep their quarterback off the field and that explosive offense off the field, the better your chances are to win. They're going to have to do that with a lot of teams. That is the philosophy of what they want to do, right? Yep, 100%. I mean, you want to jump in here? (laughs) Just listening to you guys. Uh, What do you think? No, I I mean, clearly a big win for the Cowboys. One of the things that I'm still concerned at, and actually – the whole red zone thing, you know, them scoring there, it's still a very gray area for them. And one of the things that did surprise me was Dak Prescott going into the end zone and keeping the ball himself because that's something that we've seen in the past, but they kind of stopped doing or using him. And as far as the running game, when it comes to that area right there, and it clearly worked out. So they just need to keep doing that and cashing in on those. And now maybe i'm starting to change my my opinion on the kicker maybe oh, we're gonna get to that but but yeah when you have the problems that the kicker is having now now <laughs> now, All of a then, now then yes yeah. it, it's very very important for you to be able to even if you were to convert to like a two point you know if you can't trust him but the having the ability to be able to do that and get Dak involved in that way and just get those extra points and however you can get points. I, I like that, but still, we'll see. I don't know about playoffs, though. Well, well there's some, we're just jumping right to the playoffs. Wow. Well, uh, six looking at six weeks left. Uh, no, I, I mean, I always think Dak can run a little bit more often than he does, but I really did like the way they incorporated him. Obviously, the touchdown was huge. Brian made a really great point in his postgame notebook last night that he had four carries for five yards, but he did some crucial stuff. Like, I mean, scoring a touchdown, picking up first downs with his feet. Um, I would like to see more of it, but with the day Zeke had, I'm not going to second-guess yeah. that too much. I thought he was he was phenomenal and, yesterday. And, and Zeke's... Um, presence was the reason that that Dak was able to get around there I think it was a Vic Beasley just shot down in there and and and, you know Swaim had a nice block I I thought Swaim had a really good game um but you know just overall I mean you're right it it, it all starts with Zeke it does start there and and he's two weeks in a row now he's just been phenomenal um I don't know I don't know if he's the I mean he's the best player on the field but I mean there is a close second going on on that defense and it, it's it was amazing. Just I know you're probably going to get the defense here in a second, but it was just amazing the irony. If they don't take Vanderesh, who who the Cowboys should have taken, everyone thinks it should be Ridley, and but just how ironic that Ridley drops the ball and it goes right to Vanderesh, and that really changed the whole game right there. Yep. Um, so it's pretty wild. That that kid is is playing at a high level to the point where I mean. He he is playing at a Pro Bowl level. There's no doubt about it. I really th- I think he put himself in the Pro Bowl yesterday. I, I mean I don't know what justifies me to say that, but wish more. Well, he just got onto the ballot, it. so that helps. No, he's a, he's on the ballot. He he, got on the you, ballot. I mean, Cowboys fan base is going to go nuts voting for this guy. He's yeah. playing great. He's a rookie. It's a great story. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. I know that. I mean, this was a regional game. It wasn't national, but he played the game of his life on national TV. Uh, Albert Breer featured him in his, you know, Monday morning column today. He's, I mean, he's blowing up. Obviously, he's got to keep this going into into December when the voting ends. People but. love old school type players, and he is a throwback. You know, we sort of compared him, I guess, or he got comparisons to Brian Urlacher, which is like, whoa, whoa, slow down. But that's exactly the type of of way he's playing. He is playing at a level that I don't think we really saw a lot out of Sean Lee. And I hate saying that because Sean Lee, no disrespect to him. But I think he is playing even above that a little bit in the passing game. It's really hard. Yeah, I think think it just depends on what year. I mean, Sean Lee hasn't – 
he hasn't made those plays in a while, but uh, yeah, it's we're five years removed from when he had like five picks in a season. Like Sean Lee made those plays at one point yeah. in his career, but I guess so. And he's, those he's on. I mean, he's on the downturn of his career, though. There's no doubt about that. Those so. of you that were watching the video of our show, um, you just saw they showed a play there in the uh, red zone. It was a oh, play that, that basically play. Um, he he got a pass defense mm-hmm. on the play, knocked the ball down. It was literally in the receiver's hands, and he was able to knock it knock it out of the receiver's hands. And to me, like those are the kind of plays that you don't necessarily always see from linebackers. Oh, linebackers don't... typically they'll jar the ball loose, loose with a big hit. But usually most linebackers aren't athletic enough, number one, to be in the right position, and number two, to have the hand-eye coordination to be able to quickly snap uh, snap at a ball and knock it out of a, a well, receiver's hand. And they're not catching it was a great that, play. that deflected pass, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the ball just gets deflected right in there, and it's hand-eye coordination just to catch it. And then when he catches it, He's going. Yeah. I mean, like he knows exactly what he's doing with it. He has got he has got the freakiest reach. I can. I mean, you know, long arms. You know, we, it's almost awkward. How we long call his arms him. Are. We call him the Wolf Hunter. I was thinking about this last night. He looks more like a werewolf. Like, have you ever seen an American werewolf in in London? I think it where I've he transforms it, yeah. into the wolf and like his arms grow down to his shins. Like that's what it reminds me yeah. of. Like, and I almost wonder. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like. Maybe he's just such a good tackler because his arms are so damn long. Like your average player, you grab a guy, you grab him around the hips, and if you don't get it just right, maybe the guy squirts away from you. Like this dude can wrap his whole arms around whoever well, he can tackles. reach out and get you. You could be a couple yeah. yards away, and he still can reach out and get you. It's like plastic. I man. have. I he's have, freaky. I have two really good friends that are high school coaches, and they both said to me yesterday they reached out and said that play he made they both comment on the yes, same play they're that, showing it right there was that the one the yeah it was the, yeah. the he was that, blocked but he made it there's no reason to make that play and right. if you are gonna make it it'll be three to four yards you kind of get dragged but you finally he just like stonewalled the whole thing and that's a pretty good tackle in Ma- space matthews yeah i mean he's done that two weeks in a row where he just figures out how to do that I just think if if he plays at even a moderate level against Washington and and New Orleans, that's it. He's in the Pro Bowl. That's I just that's what I think. And these uh, interceptions certainly help. I mean, anytime you can, no, get I mean that's all. Get, that's all that, part those of are it. highlights that get yeah. on to Sports Center and that kind of thing, and they help your ability. I really to get don't the Pro Bowl. think the Cowboys would have won this game had it not been for those two plays that he made, those two specific ones, the mm-hmm. interception and then the one where he knocked the ball for. Yep. Where it, what it would have been a touchdown for the Falcons. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's flip back over to the offense. Yeah. Um, sorry. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you mentioned it, Dave. He had a monstrous game yesterday. He ran uh, 23 times for 122 yards, 5.3 average, and a touchdown. Then he also had seven catches uh, for 79 yards, 100. And, uh, I'm sorry, and then uh, no touchdowns on uh, passing. But total, he had 30 touches, 201 total yards, and a touchdown phenomenal day but that's what has to happen if this team's going to be successful and i don't want to i don't want to like say that this was all drawn up as some grand plan and the cowboys are smarter than everybody like obviously you're going to take chunk touchdowns if you can get them you know uh, Dak took a shot to gallop on a double move like early and it didn't connect but i really do to nick's point think that was part of the game plan is like i watched every i watched all of his touches back on a highlight video today and they're all it seemed like they were all designed just to eat up short yardage, tire out the Atlanta defense, and keep the Cowboys' offense on the field. Seven catches, the vast majority of them, with the exception That's of what the... you've been asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. but I since will... he got drafted, we've been asking for that. Well, been asking for it, and but these were it looked you know these were designed dump offs to you know give him the ball four or five yards down the field and see what he can do with it and i do think that plays into the idea that they didn't want atlanta's offense on the field like mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily trying to score on every play they were literally like let's beat the crap out of these dudes and keep their offense off the field and that's what they did here's yeah. my favorite play of this uh, for zeke in the game and you're not going to see a highlight of it and it was amber knows probably what i'm about to say the Falcons just scored, 19-19. The crowd's going nuts, and here we are. We're standing down the sidelines. You guys probably saw it, too. And I look, we're standing right by Maher. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? <laughs> Zeke walks over to him. He walks over to him. Of course, it's loud. We don't know what he's saying, but we know what he's saying. You know, he's yeah, saying, hey, it. he's pointing kind of, we're going to go down there, and we're going to go, and we're going to get in range, and he's, he's kind of hitting him on the chest. He's like, you're going to make this kick. You know, he knows that he's been shaky. He knows how important it is. And that's a guy, when you think about it, you can see easy to be focused on what your job is. He already knows. I'm gonna, we're going to get down there, and our kicker is going to make this kick. 
I don't think Ezekiel Elliott does that last year, two years ago. He that he understands. Garrett says all the time, the guy loves football. Okay, it, that's cliche, but that's what that is. It's understanding the moment, understanding, you know, not only I have my job to do, but I want to make sure our kicker, he's ready to go, and it gives him confidence. I'm not 100% sure he knows his full name is Brett Maher, you know, <laughs> but he knows, you know, that he needed to go make that kick, and I thought that showed a sense of leadership and some maturity out of Zeke that we necessarily hadn't seen before. And I even said, I think it was to you or Rob, I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. He he just gave him a pep talk. He's gonna go make this kick, and I'm gonna go say it on the air afterwards. You know the really the but. really cool thing to me is when you're able, as far as us as an observer, to see those moments and notice that it's not like he's not doing it in front of a camera. He's not doing it for anybody to see that or anything. He's doing it out in the corner by himself, and it's genuine, you know, and it's real, and you appreciate that even more. And we also saw that when. Xavier Sofield before he started his first game he you would see him in the locker room off to the side yep. he would be sitting next to him talking to Xavier talking about football or whatever so it's really impressive to see the kinds of things he's doing now as far as a leader and just so much mature and his body Nick was <laughs> I said I was gonna bring this up to you you know, we talk uh, about the locker room stuff. Uh, yes. He walked in the other day with, without a shirt, and Nick, shoot, there was, he was drooling. He was like, wow. he was we like, we took a turn. They did. We took a turn here. I wasn't no, expecting to go here. He was like, damn. <laughs> damn. Look, he's got look, an at, ass. look at Zeke. Look at those abs. Shoot. Right. He looks good. Okay. I'm like, whoa, All should right. your wife be wearing uh, okay. <laughs> No, but the point is, it's like, not only is he mentally healthy and as a character as a per person he is also physically healthy and it's noticed on the field how much different he he looks in the movement and and the pace and how fast he is he didn't versus... look like that i mean i mean that's that's what it is he before he's yeah. not making that he's not jumping over an actual quicker. person like that he's got his body right it's it, it's noticeable you know and, and that's what he's doing and, and i think i mean we all should be proud of the type of person and type of player he's kind of developed into. He took a beating last year off the field, on the field, and, and he you, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and he's really carrying this team. He's carrying this offense, and he's making Dak better. He's making this line better. And so I, I just think that it, it's more than just the stuff you see. It's those kind of yeah. things behind the scenes a little and bit. And when you talk about leadership, I think there have been two guys, him being one, uh, that I think have really stepped up this year and taken the mantle, and I think Demarcus Lawrence is the other. So you got those two guys on the yeah. offense and the defense to me that are He's, really le being leaders for this team and leaders for a young team, which is what you need. And you're kind of waiting to see who's going to develop into those roles because they lost a ton of leadership when Jason Witten left the uh, left the team. He makes Antoine Woods, Daniel Ross, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, and I hate to say this in a bad way, but he makes them relevant even more, more so. You know, they have a purpose. You're talking about Demarcus, uh, yeah, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. I mean, they, they're a group. They're the hot boys. You know, they, they all have the chains and they have the hats. And Dave can you know, had a hat too. And <laughs> I, I'm Dave is an honorary hot boy. It's <laughs> a highlight of my weekend. Yeah. I just want I want one to keep instead of just have temporarily. <laughs> right. And I'm sure you would wear it everywhere. Like, you'd be yeah. all in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all in. But I, but the, the fact is, is that you know he's on a one year deal and but but uh he doesn't care about all that you yeah. know that he's a leader and and i think you're right those two guys and and dak has leadership skills too that you know naturally as a quarterback but he's he's got them there and talking sorry i was just gonna add to another guy also sean lee and what's impressive to me and we've seen the kind of leadership he brings and how of like a coaching role that he has and to me one of the things that it's amazing is just watching him teach Layton and just be part of it and not see him as a threat and he knows that he's kind of because of his injuries and probably his time is coming up and all that but he's not letting that affect his relationship with this rookie and trying to help him out to do better and all those things so I just love when there are guys like that and it really creates a makes a big impact on the whole team. Layton actually said last night that uh they ran the the play he got the pick on. They ran in the first half. It was the chunk gain to Julio Jones play action, and he got sucked up on it. And uh, Sean Lee basically was like, "Do this next time. Like 
keep your feet moving, keep yourself active. So if you do, you know, if you bite on it, you can get back in time. And he like took that teaching point and it. fixed it in the second half and was in position to get yeah. the pick because of that. Another guy that's awesome. Another guy that's doing a similar thing is Travis Frederick Just with this offensive line. Bag. We're going to go to our first right. break. When we come back, I do want to talk about the offensive line and how they've performed, particularly these last two weeks after making the change in the bye. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star talking Cowboys football and Cowboys big win yesterday. Um, they get a, a huge win, a really huge win against the Atlanta Falcons on the road. That's two in a row now on the road and get ready for a Thanksgiving Day uh, game this Thursday against the Washington Redskins. Tomorrow we'll get you guys ready. We'll talk about the Washington offense. Um, and then on Wednesday we'll hit the Washington defense um, and give you some predictions for the game. Let's, uh, uh, we'll also take some calls throughout the show. So if you guys want to call us, the number is 888-855-2297. Again, 888-855-2297 is our number. Um, real quick, I do want to talk about the offensive line a bit. We've talked about Zeke and his performance and how well he performed. Um, and I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with the ability of the offensive line to be able to get hold, create holes for him. We saw a lot of situations yesterday where Zeke was getting past the, uh, the, the f- first wave of defenders in a lot of instances, without being touched. Uh, to me, that is a, a great indication that the offensive line is doing their jobs. What did you guys see yesterday from the offensive line overall? Well, I thought they did a, a pretty nice job. Um, you know, the, the fact that Zeke likes to be a patient runner, and, and you do that because you know that you have confidence in your offensive line. You know, you can't just – you have to wait for it just a second, and it'll be there. Um, I, I thought – I think Xavier Suofilo is going to end up being – one of the the better additions to this team. I mean, when we go back, if this if they continue to to make you know strides here and maybe get into the playoffs, I think we're going to come back to that moment and go. You know what? Like that was a really good decision to put him in there. He adds strength. He's a smart guy. Uh, he's pretty. You know, he's he's agile. I just think he gives him a little bit more of a push up there. Yeah, no, I mean, they arguably looked the most like the unit we're used to seeing as they have all season. I mean, even last week in Philly, they gave up four sacks, gave up two yesterday. I don't remember both of them in vivid clarity right now, but I know one of them I would call a coverage sack. I, you know, Dak double-clutched the ball, it felt like, three times and, and didn't have anywhere to go with it. So, you know, that, that type of stuff's going to happen, but they kept him clean, and obviously, you know, Zeke did Zeke stuff, which people have been commenting – on Twitter, like ever since the game, that that was as patient as Zeke has looked maybe ever. Just, you know, allowing things to develop for him. That's, I mean, that's a byproduct of blocking. When you have time to let things develop and wait for the right opening, yeah. 
that's because your guys are doing their job. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak for Jason Garrett, but I don't, I don't think you go away from Xavier Suofilo after these two games. Um, yeah, they've looked really impressive and, and, and credit to Mark Colombo too. I mean, the lineup's different, but I don't think you can, uh, deny the fact that they've looked a lot better in the three games since he took over either. So honestly, the, the only like little struggle that I keep seeing or that I saw this game was Lyle Collins, just little moments here and there. And even then it was still good enough to obviously allow them to keep moving the ball and move around the field. But other than that, they, they look pretty clean. Descri- I think Vic Beasley had both of their sacks and yeah. he had one coming into the game. He lines up on the left side. That's, I mean, it hasn't been an amazing season for for Lyle by any stretch. Although he he did make the play of the game it yesterday. Was, if it's not Gallup's catch, it's that one. It's the it's not only him scooping up that fumble, but falling forward. Yeah. That was huge. Now, he yes. said on the plane. I talked to him on the plane, and he said, "I didn't even know I got a first down." But he's so funny because he goes, <laughs> "He's I have the stats." He's like. Do I get rushing yards for that? <laughs> no, dude, you, you don't actually. <laughs> you just recovered a fumble. You recovered it. a fumble. It, we looked at it. It's like re- fumble recovery, two yards. So you get yeah. two fumble recovery yards, but not and, rushing. Yards. And it was huge though to it do was. that. Mm-hmm. To because a lot of times you just kind of use your big body and fall on the ball. But I mean, he kind of scooped it up. Forward. And Brian made another great point in his notebook last night too. Like these, if you haven't ever looked, like these guys. They tape the hell out of their hands, and then they put, like, they're basically, like, lacrosse gloves. I don't know if any... It's like mitts, basically. No, they're, yeah, they're like goalie gloves. Like, I mean, padding out to here, like, they look like they're going to play lacrosse. And he picked up the ball and did something athletic with it, which is pretty impressive. He probably hasn't touched a football since he was in... Junior high, so when he was a running and, and, back and yeah, quarterback, yeah, and all exactly. State and and I don't know if LC was ever. That. <laughs> I don't know. All these guys are so athletically, amazingly athletic that I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. So just, just imagine, you know, just taping up your hands and then a you know, little golf balls bouncing around. You got to pick it up because that's pretty much what it is for yeah. like Lyle to get that <laughs> right. That's yes. Nice. How much? Uh, how much do you want to attribute though to that? Uh, those coaching changes that you've made versus the change in, in personnel. I'm talking specifically about Suofilo. Do you think it kind of goes hand in hand, or do you think one has more of an impact on how the offensive line has played these last couple of weeks? I I'll say that I, I do think that he fits the style that they were talking about. Where Colombo was like, "We're going to get back to what we do. We're going to be more of an attacking, you know, punch first type thing instead of kind of wait." And I think Suofilo gives them that um, uh, possibilities more than Connor Williams. I think Connor Williams is not not there yet. Um, they're not going to give up on him at all. I mean, they, he's got he's got some skill. He's got a mean streak to him. That is gonna fit on this line. You don't know exactly. You where. really know. You really know how the Cowboys are, and I'm saying they've won two games with Xavier on there. They're not changing that. Oh, They're no. super, super. Uh, no. What is it like? Superstitious. They, they, it's Jason Garrett. He's like, no. It's not even superstitious. It's like this guy's better. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. he's just better. He's, but they he's, are. He's superstitious. There, they've been so better. They are. But I'm just saying they've been better as an offensive line unit. Yes. As an offense, they've been better with him in the game. It's hard to deny. They, I mean, you have to mention both. It can't be all or one or the other. But I, I mean, all all three, four really of the veteran guys. I think they've played better too. And I think whether whether you know, I don't know if Colombo is like this Hall of Fame coach, but I think they're probably just it's like a burden off their shoulders. Like they can forget that conflicting technique that they clearly didn't like. You know, it's a guy. Like I said, it's a guy that they like that they get along with. I think it probably just makes playing easier and more fun for them and yep. everybody's superstitious there, there's a there's a guy there's a guy up in the pr department oh, who gets to go to one game which, a year he goes to philly they win guess what he gets to go to atlanta he'll be in it and i heard his boss telling him last night make sure your bags are packed because you're traveling you're traveling you guys know you guys know how i feel about that and i'm just like Man, y'all put a lot of time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into winning these football games. And to chalk it up to something as silly as who's on the trip. Oh, is, you want to hear another it's, one? It's insulting, honestly, in my yeah. opinion. Like, what, like, give yourselves some credit rather than meaningless, like, who wore what sock. Like, stop. <laughs> stop. 
Brian and I do our Periscope on Wednesday. And Brian's and like, I have to sit room. on the left now because they've won two <laughs> no, games. No, it's like we're always looking for the room where we're going to go in and do our Periscope. If we win, if the Cowboys win that week, they're like, oh, let's go back to the winning room. If they lose, it's like, we need to change rooms again. And I'm like, Brian, this has <laughs> zero impact I mean, on the game. It's, it's, it's so <laughs> stupid. Sorry. I mean – what we do on this show and what we write about it obviously uh, motivates the coaching staff. Yeah. I saw I saw your little exchange with GB after the game. Yeah. Nick yeah. was not happy. No, just, I wouldn't be happy. Well, Gary happy. Brown likes to point out if you pick him to lose, <laughs> and he doesn't really understand it. There's a psychological thing going on with all of us in our own picks because it's like, well, I picked him here and I picked him here. So obviously, I thought they could win. I just didn't see it. I didn't expect them yeah. to win. Didn't expect that defense to play like that. Picked on the Falcons to win. I mean, we're about to do the stand-up. He comes over and says something about it. I have no problem with that. It's just that where are you in Tennessee? Where were you when we were about to shoot Tennessee and I said y'all would win by two Gary's touchdowns? Gary's just having fun. There's, there's other people well, that would not be, but I yeah. think he's just having fun. I, I'm, I, I, it, it's, it's pretty one-sided and it sucks. Like, yeah, come find me and apologize when I pick you to win and you <laughs> don't embarrass yourselves on national TV. <laughs> It's not. It's not fair. One but. other thing I wanted to throw about at the offense uh, yesterday: Dak gets another game-winning drive there, and it was interesting. After the game, I heard Dak talk about it. I heard Cole talk about it. That uh, I heard Zeke talk about it as well. But they talk about how the fact when they get the ball with those kind of situations right now, they're getting to a point where they they feel like they're going to win. They feel like they're at least going to have a shot to win. Um, are you guys starting to feel that same level of confidence? Because I do believe when Tony was the quarterback of this team towards the end of his career. Um, I felt like if the Cowboys got the ball with a minute and a half left and they needed a field goal to win, I felt very certain yeah. they were going to win. If they needed a touchdown, I felt eh, maybe they were going to do it. There would definitely be a chance. He's going to be throwing into the end zone at the end of the game. They'll have a shot at it. Are you starting to get that level of confidence yet with Dak in this offense? Really telling quote, actually, speaking of the offensive line, you know, I give Dak grief because he goes out of his way to be boring with the media more often than not. But uh a really telling answer from him because somebody asked him like are you more confident and have you been more confident these last few weeks than you were earlier in the season and he was like yeah i would say so and he said he said something like i don't really know why i can't put my finger on it and then he stopped himself and he was like the offensive line has a lot to do with it like their mindset right now and their confidence like everybody feeds off that mm -hmm. i think He's more confident that he's not going to get hit. He's more confident that they can open up the holes that they need to, and he's he's playing like it. I saw, you know, his uh, he's completing sixty three percent these last two games. Uh, obviously, his averages are way up. His rating is at like ninety five. He looks like the guy we remember. That's what I said on Twitter last yep. night. I think having that offensive line playing at a high level probably has a lot to do with it. All goes back to the offensive line, huh? I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. That's just they, saying. the blueprint for this team. I know. We had this works, conversation about five weeks ago. It looks good. Yeah. 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 Can I piss off our fans real quick? Sure, absolutely. Do it. The, uh, the coaching staff outcoached the Falcons in this game. They did. They, they, they did a really nice job in, the, in this game. And, and I saw some things on Twitter about it. We'll wait till Garrett has a chance to manage the game, and we'll see what happens. He managed the game. Like, you don't just manage a game when you lost. They did a nice job there at the end of the game, and I told you about it before we went on the show. If you play it right in the way that, that there's like a little sweet spot of time, you have three timeouts. The Cowboys had five timeouts because they made the Falcons have to call one. Then they got it, and then they were able to call timeouts. Atlanta's trying to call timeouts to stop the clock, and therefore the Cowboys don't have to do anything. They, don't have, they just run the ball, timeout, calm down and do everything they managed it perfectly right there i think you got to give credit where credit is due absolutely and people were tweeting me like they expected me to be mad because i was so mad about the way the washington game ended i didn't see the similarity there at all Different i thought game i thought they played it beautifully they clearly wanted maher's kick to be the last play of the game you can say what you will of about regulation yeah yeah or of regulation sorry and that, that is a crucial point too the game's tied if you there don't you right. score you're not, you're not done. And the thing that pissed me off in Washington was you'd been outplayed. You had a chance to at least tr you had a chance to try to win or at least make an easier kick. They settled for a ridiculously difficult kick. Um, yeah. So those are totally different it things. Was a different this, scenario. They they got. I mean, people are like, why would you put that on Brett Maher? You got to trust that your kicker can make a 41 yard kick. If he can't, then you're having tryouts. Like if he had missed that kick and they lose that game. 
they're probably having tryouts this week. And, I would guess. And they don't have tryouts right now, but they've got names. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, something at every that. position they've got names. I don't they have think, to. Yeah, I don't think Brett Maher will be the kicker at the end of the season. Really? Wow, that's a big statement. I don't. Nicholas with the <laughs> flames. I don't. Jeez. He's, I think he's going to. I mean, you saw the kicks. I mean, they're not just right down the post. I nope. mean, it, no. he's he's spraying it all over the place. I, they've got to figure this out. And and I know what you're about to say. I know. Who, then who? You're not going to get anybody that's just like this great, awesome kicker. He wouldn't be on the street. But his kickoffs are shorter now. He's just not striking the ball like he did. And so I'm just saying there's a short leash. If he loses a game, I think they're going to be looking at something. Here's the thing right now. Brett Maher right now is ranked 23rd in the league as far as his make percentage. He's at 84%, 21 of 25. He has missed a field goal or extra point in all the last four games, mm-hmm. missed the extra point yesterday, missed a 42-yarder at Philadelphia, missed a 38-yarder versus Tennessee, and then missed a uh, 52-yarder at Washington there at the end of the game. Yep. So it's getting to a point now, and I said it during the game yesterday when he mixed, missed the extra point. I looked over at Amber, and I was like, we ready yet? Should we be having this conversation yet? And really it is. To me, it was ready time to have that conversation last week because any kicker that's on the street, like you said, you're probably going to get the same kind of average. You might get a little better, but you're probably not going to be much worse. And so it does get to a point that, and I was really worried that, I said this last week, my fear is that at some point when your kicker becomes unreliable to the point where your coach starts making different decisions based upon his fear that the kicker won't make makeable kicks. He obviously didn't do that yesterday, so it doesn't look like Garrett's in that place yet. But he certainly was in a position where you wouldn't have blamed him if he would have said, Hey guys, hey, we really can't settle for I'm, kicking a, 50, a forty-two sure. yarder. We we got to keep driving, and we got to be a lot more aggressive than just running the ball here. I'm not sure he wasn't in that position yesterday. I'll t- I'll say this: we get it's the interception. Uh-huh. They're up twelve to nine. He's just missed the extra point. I look over at you and I say, absolutely four down territory yeah, here. Which I agree with you. Run the ball to Zeke for eight. Run the ball to Zeke for twenty-three. Okay, yeah, touchdown. But who's to say that they weren't playing a four-down strategy of run, 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 run? My so point he was might more, have already been in that mode. Yeah, but my point was uh, was more, and on that final drive, they they were running the ball there toward the end of that and managing the game well. And as Dave said, he was putting the game in the hands of his kicker. If he didn't trust his kicker to make what would be a makeable kick, forty-two yards then he probably would have been a lot more aggressive there trying to get to the end zone or trying to make it a much closer field goal. Yeah. Instead, he trusts his kicker. So my I point is, I don't think Garrett is there yet to say he's making decisions differently based upon the kicker. I don't think you're going to find an NFL coach who has so little faith in his kicker that he's going to try to score a touchdown in that situation. Unless, I mean, unless I the, don't know. Unless the kicker had already had like an absolutely awful day, like I'm talking like multiple misses. I mean, he did miss an extra point. He also hit a 50-yard field goal. And, yes, Garrett has more confidence in Maher than, than anybody else yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, so they were never going to try to get all the way to the end zone. And that's – I don't I, – I applaud their, their decision-making process. They got within – very makeable range for an NFL kicker. There's um, some mechanic mechanics issues that maybe he can he can adjust. A couple of things. Number one, he he's made it clear he doesn't kick on the sidelines. He doesn't kick into a net. Um, everybody else does. He doesn't do that. I'm not sure why, um, but maybe that's something he can he can do on the sidelines. Also, on these extra points, you know, they line up kind of like far to the left hash, you know, and. Maybe that's not the right way because he hooked that ball on the extra point. You know, I mean, he, he's kicking it left. He's kicking it right. Maybe they should just line up right down the middle on these extra points. Now, he did say on the extra point it wasn't so much a situation of mechanics or the operation. It was more he just, well, I guess it would be mechanics. But basically his foot just got caught in the turf. And, you know, it's just kind of like that happens sometimes. You know, you're kicking and foot gets caught in the turf before it gets to the ball. Right. Well, that and that's turf that's happened. over there is pretty similar to the turf that's over on the sidelines. Get so maybe it. we should – but 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 I think that was I just know. one of those situations where if you if you listen to his his uh, his explanation, then that's just one of those things that just kind of happens, right? You, said you know? excuse. I know, but <laughs> you, you get my point. You stop yourself, right? right you get my point. He had a really funny line yesterday that was like, you know, what what do you do to bounce back from that? You know, like what's your process to to get yourself right when you miss a kick like that? And he was like, he's like, I don't really want to get into the specifics, but I just have this process, and we're like. Is it a physical process or a mental one? He's like, no, it's not physical. It's a mental. Lashing himself over well, the sideline. No. So he's like, it's a, it's a mental thing. I don't want to get into the specifics. So, like, he's got 
I just I want to know what his internal monologue yeah. is if it, he's got this See, like top secret mental process that he goes. Here's through. the thing about Garrett too, and how what people you know don't really like about him. Lance Lenore makes a really dumb play yesterday. That was bad, and then that affected Atlanta getting 15 more yards and going down there and scoring. Although some easily. people say that might have been a little bit better because it gave the Cowboys a little more time. Maybe I don't know. That's Maybe. that's kind of the Maybe second so. guessing but, kind of thing. But, but let's whatever. not make dumb plays like that. Right. But even if it worked out, that doesn't mean it's smart <laughs> right. to hit a guy right. three yards off. But the field. Garrett, he comes over and Garrett kind of you know hits him on the on the head and kind of says, "All right, you know, it'll be all right." That's where I think a lot of fans want. You know, old school, grab by the face mask and get into like that. But the same mentality there, Lance Lenore is not going to make a lot of plays the rest of the game. But he also goes over to Brett Maher after that and says, don't worry about that. We're going to give you more chances and you're going to make it. Yeah. Does that help him? I don't know. But I'm just saying it. that's kind of Garrett's approach like that. And I think maybe it helped Maher a little bit there when, you know, it, it, it you want him to be a little bit more of that – Fiery Bear Bryant type thing. Although I will say this, there for if you if you notice, I don't know if you guys saw, we were right there on the sideline when he came off. Uh, Garrett gave him the pat, and Keith O'Quinn grabbed him by the shoulder pads and said, "Come over here." And they had a little talk. So <laughs> my assumption is he was corrected. It might not have been the head coach not that by, was doing it, him, but yeah. he certainly was corrected. And and again, I don't know what Keith was telling him, but he certainly was having a conversation with him. And, and, and I, I would suppose. It had something to do with, let's not make bonehead decisions. Figure out where you are, know where you are on the field, and make good decisions. I, I, can, I can come up with a million reasons to criticize Jason Garrett, but like people who want the fire and brimstone stuff are just dumb, and they're mad and just want an excuse to yell at somebody because like, NFL coaches don't do that anyway, and, and it wouldn't last very long if you were grabbing grown men and professionals by the face mask in the first place. I, you know, people love Chris Richard because he's fiery, and he is, and it's great, but even, I mean... I think it was New York, like Kayvon Frazier made a mistake and they, they, they caught it on the mic'd up afterwards. Like Chris Richard's over on the sideline, gently telling him like, you don't do stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, better than that. This is what you got to do next time. Play your game, like very gently offering him co- uh, coaching points. And like five minutes later, he went and got a sack. Like that's coaching. Coaching. And- yeah. Coaching is very much like parenting. You, you can't do all of one or the other. Like you can't always be on them, but you also can never. Uh, you can't be in a situation where you never get on them, so you just kind of have to play it both ways, right? That's I, I never I never understood that. No no coach in the NFL is going to last long treating professionals like like that. It's All just right. not going to work. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some calls. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. We have Mike from Maryland. We'll get to him in just a second. We're we'll right back. This is the break. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, tell us about Tommy John. Oh, yeah. Tommy John is the leader in uh, underwear for men and women, I think. Um, also, you can get 20% off your order. If you haven't already done this, I'm not even going to grab anything. If you haven't already done this before, you, you get 20% off your first order. But I'm sure I would give them a call. They may have some great deals for you if you're on your second and third order because it's the holiday season. It's a good time yeah, to is. get some good deals. So TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Great underwear. Feels great. Looks good. And this is the perfect time of the year with Thanksgiving coming. Like that waistband, it just doesn't feel like it's there. So it's going to come eat, in handy on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, as you eat and it kind of expands a little bit, mm-hmm. don't even notice it. It's don't even notice it. the holiday season. Yeah? No? Keep going. No, no keep going. Actually, I, I just want to hear the whole song. I've never the, heard that song. Yeah, you have. Okay. Happy like holidays. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There's a guy waiting online. <laughs> Maybe he wants to sing. I hope not. Uh, let's get a call. Uh, this call's from Mike in Maryland. Mike, what up? How y'all doing today? Good, hey. how you doing? Um, I have a few negatives from takes on the game yesterday, and it's with the quarterback. Um, I don't know what it is about Dak, but he it seems like he makes his throws harder than what they have to be. It seems like he throws the ball, and it take, the ball takes forever to get to the receiver because he never steps up in the pocket or clam the pocket and make the throw easier. He's always fading back or jumping off that one leg and the ball it just stays in the air forever like two times yesterday one true font almost got but amari cooper made a hell of a catch on the sideline he was late with the ball but amari cooper came up with the ball and on the opposite sideline Gallup had a catch on the sideline where the defender almost undercut it and it barely missed his fingertips and it got to the receiver, but it it seemed like it just took a year to get to the receiver. And another thing with the secondary, I don't know what coverages they're calling, if it's man or cover three or whatever, but it seems like it's always so much space in between the receiver and the, the, the DB. They always – the slants are always open. The digs are always open. Hold on. Hold on real quick. I mean, this Cowboys defense – pretty much shut down the Falcons for most of the game. 19 points at home. I mean, don't you think that's nitpicking a little bit? That defense played a hell of a game. Um, I, I, understand. I understand. But it's a bend, but don't break. Breaks too. Huh? They had a couple breaks with drops with, 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 with the tight end and, and some of the receivers that dropped some passes. Who too. was the better quarterback yesterday? Say again? Who was the better quarterback yesterday? I mean, I would say pretty much even for real. Well... Okay. I mean, what I'm if, that, is, if Dak is even like, with Matt Ryan, I think Dak's doing some good things. I'm not trying to say that you, you, you're not wrong with, with some of those throws, and, and I, I don't think he wants to throw off his back foot and all that. I mean, but, but I think he was still protecting the ball pretty well. Yeah, there's some plays, but, you know, you say almost this, almost that. They almost lost. Zeke almost lost a fumble. I mean, there's a lot of almost in this game. I think that's the way that it is. I think for the most part, Dak played a pretty good game. Exactly, but it's more often – you're talking about what's, what's happening with, with Dak and his throws and his the basic quarterback and like the the the, the basic techniques and stuff with a quarterback. It's he's he's it seems like he's lack he lacks those basics and, and it's almost yes. causing it. And I know against a good defense, well, this was really wasn't a good defense, but a good defense was going to take advantage of that. I agree. I mean, you're right about that. But just remember, like you're trying to compare him to these quarterbacks like a Drew Brees or whatever, or, or even a, a Matt Ryan. But when the Falcons get down to the three- or four-yard line, they can't run the the read option with Matt Ryan to, to run over a linebacker and get into the end zone. They can't do that. Like that that's, that's not part of his game. So for everything and all the little flaws that you might see out of Dak, he's got some, another element to him. That, that kind of, I guess you could say, makes up for it. I'm not trying to say that he's. I, we've been, we've talked about him a lot, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say. Thanks for the re- call. I don't know what I want to say in response to that because I agree with him to a degree. Yeah. I mean, Dak is 
Dak is Dak. He's right. Dak is Dak. He's he's got he's got ten games of film that show you what he does well and what he doesn't do well. He forgets his mechanics at times, especially if he's not comfortable in the pocket. Um, he's not that accurate by NFL standards. Just in, I mean, he's not Drew Brees. He cannot put the ball literally wherever he wants it to go every time. He, he can't do that. That's why he needed Amari Cooper. And clearly, I don't think it's a coincidence, even with the small stat sheet that Cooper put up, I don't think it's a coincidence that he's throwing the ball better having that guy there. Um, he doesn't see the field that well at times. And, and that's just who he is. And if you're a Cowboys fan... You know, and I know two wins aside, there's a lot of y'all that are convinced that Dak's not the future of this team, and that's fine. Um, but he he's going to be for the time being. And if I, you know, my advice to you would be uh, appreciate what he does well and hope that he continues to grow as a passer. And I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that he will. Um, but getting mad about what he's not at this point in the season and at this point in his career, I just don't think he it's just better win. I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's worth the energy. And I can't, I can't go there with you about the secondary. They gave up three explosive plays to this offense, which we spent all week worrying about Julio Jones is going to Julio Jones. Like, I, I mean, maybe you don't want to hear that, but this isn't college. You know, like when I watch LSU, I expect us to shut down the best, guy because you can do that in college but this is the pros julio's an alien they held him to three explosives and one touchdown i mean what else do you want i mean and, and, and they, I, go, ahead. go ahead the red zone we talked about how great they were in the red zone 88 percent and all that they only they, got there once got there once and down at the 11 and i i i firmly believe you get to first and goal in the 11 or first and 10 at the 11 or first and goal at the 10 9 the, with the, this cowboys defense like they really do a nice job of stopping them when when you get to that everything gets you know shrinks down and and they did it again and that was a big part in the game of stopping them down there at the 11 yard line and i actually disagree with him about the defense from the standpoint of just schematically what he's saying i think it's actually inaccurate I think that this defense particularly, they challenge guys to the line of scrimmage a lot more than defenses that the Cowboys have done in the last several years. You'll see them a lot more frequently getting up in guys' face and affecting them off the line of scrimmage. And not only that, but I think when you look at the linebackers that they have, I think they feel comfortable with the idea that even if we give that cushion, our linebackers drop well, our linebackers also can lure hits, uh, can bring hits. And so they, they look at it in those kind of situations, particularly when they're in cover three or they're, uh, they're in situations like that. And I think their goal is even if he makes the catch, we want to get up and we want to make the tackle quickly. If we give up five or six yards, that's our strategy. That's okay because we feel like we can still make the stop on second or third down. That's how they play defense. That's the philosophy of the defense. They're not going to give up the explosive play. They'll give up a little bit of yards, some yards here and there. And, and really throughout the game, if you notice, a lot of teams this year that the Cowboys have played, they'll rack up yards on them. But when it gets down to that red zone, they tighten up, and that's when they hold teams to field goals. That's how they play defense. If you don't like that, that's just a philosophical difference. But understand, that's how they play defense, and you can't have one without the other. If you want this good defense that has these kind of results, that's how they play defense. They gave up They gave up the touchdown to Julio, which I think was a 34-yard gain. And, and then Julio had a pretty big chunk on him in the first half, like I think their first possession. Other than that, nobody on this offense had a gain of longer and, than 18 yards. And, and I mean – Cheeto on that touchdown to Julio. That's I was. That's he was, in, but he was in great, and he would right. have knocked that ball out of anybody because you saw him bat at the ball. Going. He was there. Somebody it's else would have dropped that it ball. Is, it's Julio it's, Jones. It was a good play. It's a theme. It's a theme for the season, and I see people talking about that too. Is like, it's who who was almost almost Barry Church. Like Cheeto is almost there. Almost so, Anthony. Almost Anthony. I remember almost that for years. Anthony Spencer had about. <laughs> oh man, he he twenty five almost sex. I feel like six <laughs> six weeks in a row. You know. Uh, Detroit comes to mind. There have just been about six games where it's like, ah, like Cheeto's coverage was so good, but the ball was right, which, you know, at some point you'd like to see him make the play and win a couple of those, but like, I can't sit here and dog the guy. Like, his coverage has been good. There's yep. just some badass players in this league, and he gets, and they get paid too. He gets put up against them from time to time, yep. which. I don't. I, I. I. can't find a ton of fault with forcing the Atlanta Falcons to four field goals and a touchdown and, at home. And, no you doubt. know, you can call it an excuse or or what. I mean, they do have their front line defensive linemen there playing, but you know, they were without four guys inactive on that one position. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why they they make Antoine Woods a starter and, and he plays and Taco plays and and um, 
David Irving, you know, that would be nice to have him out there, you know, as well. But Karan Reed steps in, and on the first play of the game, should have forced an interception by Malik Collins. Oh, Get him on the jug machine. forgot about that. That's why he's three, a defensive lineman. Three sacks. Literally, we didn't know who was going to play defensively. Uh, Marinelli and Leon Lett worked out Damian Wilson at end before the game, <laughs> just in case. And they got three sacks. Wow. Now, can I switch it back to Dak real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, going back to his point and some of the things that we mentioned, and I guess it doesn't, to me, I wouldn't talk about it now because it's like when they win, you tend to, okay, whatever. They still won. But there were a couple of plays where Dak, in this instance, and we've seen him have hesitation problems where he's just holding onto the ball and trying to figure out what to do. In this couple of plays, he backed out of the pocket and threw the ball. One of them was to Amari Cooper. I forgot who the other one was to. But it looked like that's obviously the play that was designed. And that's exactly what he did. And he looked like a machine. Like, okay, back out, uh, get the snap, uh, throw the ball. But it would be too too far ahead from the receiver to where it's like, okay, why are you making that play, though? Why are you throwing the ball at that moment when clearly the receiver isn't anywhere near the ball just yet? Whether that's the receiver that maybe took off, took longer to get there or whether, you know, it was between the battle between him and the defender and it just slowed him down a little bit. It's like, but And it makes me wonder, I mean, what do you do there? I don't know what to pinpoint. Is that like on Dak completely what kind of adjustment do you make there because yeah. it, he just looked like a machine that was the automatic move I'm backing up I'm throwing the ball right there no matter what you know he's not necessarily waiting to see what is exactly happening and like, if that's the moment to throw the that ball. sounds like your third down play after Beasley dropped it on third and goal when he was just basically I think I think it was Cooper he was just forcing it into Cooper he wasn't really looking at anyone else and it was incomplete I don't know if that's the player you're, you're talking about but there are some predetermined mm-hmm. reads it seems like where that's the throw that's what we're doing and you know he can do a better job of looking you know looking somewhere else and then making that throw but he gets close to throwing interceptions a lot he's thrown five this year in 10 games he gets close to throwing some but that's I mean, Matt Ryan got close to throwing two or three. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff Heath. I mean, Julio Jones made one of the best defensive plays of the game by knocking that no ball doubt. out of Jeff Heath and it's, then gotten him hurt. I've been think, I've been thinking about a conversation we had during the summer a lot, which was basically this, which is like Dak's not Aaron Rodgers, but this is what he does well, and this is how you can win with him. And the first half of the season kind of torpedoed that because they were all so bad. I mean, the whole obviously you saw the games, but. Whether it's you know whether it's the fixes on the offensive line, whether it's Amari Cooper, this looks like the guy that I thought we'd see, and and it's the same story. Like he's not he's not all that polished. He's certainly not perfect. He's got a long way to go to win the way that a Matt Ryan does. But the way this team's constructed, when he plays this way, you can win ball games, yeah. multiple in a row. In fact, and, and and one of the reasons why they don't throw the ball deep a lot. You know, it's because he's not very good at it. Like, that's not his thing. He doesn't throw the ball deep that well. Um, and, and that was evident. They did. They had a couple uh, tries there with Gallup uh, and wasn't really close. And Gallup didn't, you know, wasn't really able to go win the ball or anything like that. It really wasn't a play that was that was even close to being complete. And I think if, if they were a little bit better at that, they, we'd see more deep balls. And I'll say this, too, on those deep balls. I think they're going to have to try to find ways to give him enough time on those deep routes uh, for the receiver to be able to make a, a second move, like a, a hesitation or something, because just running straight line speed, it doesn't seem like he has that ability to just outrun guys down the field. And, and I think that's why you end up in situations where there's really no separation. So it's really a 50-50 shot at, at best, right? Um, but we've seen him earlier this year. We've seen some plays where they have converted, where he's gotten some separation, where he had time to make a hesitation move. The defender bites, and now he's off. And that can get you some separation. I think Ter- Terrence Williams is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Earlier in his career, that's one of the things we'd see from him often. was It wasn't he had burner speed. It was that he had the ability to kind of bait a guy. And when he bait him, if he takes the bait, he's off, and he can get you a play downfield. They're going to have to really give him time for that kind of yeah. stuff to develop uh, to be able to connect like that downfield. But I think there's something there. I think they got that now part of the offense. They just got to start connecting on them. I'd like to see, find. I'd like to see them find ways to get the ball down the middle of the field more often. Like, and you need I need mean, a good tight end for that. That's a, a, a tight <laughs> oh, end. Oh, great tight end. 
pass uh, catching tight end. They, you know, it seems like they never want to run crossing routes with anybody but Beasley. Yeah. I, I kind of miss that. That was a, a staple. If I'm remembering this correctly, that was a staple of Garrett's offense when he was calling the plays. It seemed like they were doing a lot of that kind of but, stuff. And I, I, it's, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but like it's, it's probably fair to say there's more traffic in the middle of the field. You're more susceptible to throwing interceptions. And if you don't trust Dak to do that right now, then maybe you shouldn't. And again, he's not a perfect passer. He's got a long way to go. And that's a way you can continue to develop. It's him. also a 15 yard targeting penalty waiting to happen because, I mean, you can't hit anybody over the middle anymore like Good that. Point. So, unless you're Julio Jones. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get into the Washington offense. Dave will give us a scouting report, uh, get you guys ready for that game on Thanksgiving Day. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helmet, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,